You know, my job is to try and get the team to a place that will give them the, the highest chance to, to succeed, and uh, it is nice to be a home captain. Live Golf is getting world ranking points. There's loads happening with the Ryder Cup. Jack Nicholas is building a new golf course in Scotland, and Bryson DeChambeau is doing what Bryson DeChambeau does. It's all coming up on the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway. Michael McEwen here. Hello. Thank you very much for, for tuning in. Sorry we're a little bit late coming to you this week. Bryce Ritchie, Bunker Editor, sitting opposite, tucking into a coffee, very bleary-eyed looking. How are you, Mr Ritchie? I'm fine. I just had a really big yawn there. Sorry. <laughs> I I fully understand where you're coming from with, you know, tiredness and exhaustion. If I had to watch what you had to watch last night, I'd be feeling the same. No, absolutely no need for that. Are you okay? Yeah, I don't want to do a pod on... Uh, Wednesday morning or a Thursday morning anymore? Yes, yeah, I think I, I, I second that. Mm-hmm. I second that. It's not, been, it's not been a good week for either no, of us in, in that sense. Great. It's not great. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, just look at the Champions League scores. Been to any prisons this week, Bryce? No, <laughs> actually, right, okay. yeah, no, yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, it was amazing the amount of people that messaged me saying you're a weirdo. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. My wife suggested that we just start doing podcasts on prison visits, which, you know, there's definite scope in that, but I'm not sure how we would get Callaway to sponsor it. I remember you a few years ago saying, that, did you not want to start writing to people in jail? Yeah. I, I, I like that as like well. Like a, a middle-aged divorcee with nothing else better to do. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lionel. <laughs> I understand that you're a serial killer. <laughs> However, I like your profile picture. Would you appreciate some correspondence every two weeks? I mean, <laughs> I actually would, and there's part of me that still thinks I might do it one day, just out of interest to see what happens. Yeah, but that's that's what forty-five-year-old single women do. Yeah, and yeah. then they end up marrying in prison mm-hmm. and becoming a National Enquirer front page. Yes, yeah, basically yeah. <laughs> National Enquirer. My sister used to buy that. Really, I think it's still going, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I had some, some great scoops. Some great scoops. One about the aliens and stuff, and like an alien swallowed my child and all that. It's absolutely brilliant stuff. Look, speaking of scoops, nice little segue there. James Corrigan of the Daily Telegraph is at it again. If you've been looking for the latest on live as it happens, James has been the man, and he's brought another incredible story this week. So, the big talking point has obviously been around live and whether or not it's going to get world ranking points. We know that the application has been submitted to the OWGR. We know it's under consideration. We also know that Liv is lobbying hard to get world ranking points for itself. We mentioned, I think, this last week, was it, that they seem to be acting a a little bit impatiently. This latest twist is quite something. So, according to James Corrigan in The Telegraph, the... (laughs) Saudi-backed series has formed a, get this, strategic alliance (laughs) with the MENA tour. That's the Middle East and North African tour. I think it had pretty much disappeared. It nearly died. Yeah. Yeah. But it was one of those developmental tours. I suppose, what what level was it on, Bryce? The the fourth Uh, or fifth rung? Oh, yeah. You're you're talking... To me, I think it was slightly bigger than... If I'm being honest, it was probably slightly bigger than Europro. Okay. I think. So around that level. Around that level. I mean, I think it's bigger than Alps Tour, because Alp, Alps Tour is quite small. Right. But okay. Mina, Mina had a bit of a longer uh, shelf life than some of the others. So 
And I think, I could be wrong in saying this, but I think the prize money was slightly better in Munich and they played in nicer climbs, of course. Yeah, and on golf courses that were more likely to be representative of the kind of courses you're going to play when you get on tour. Absolutely, yeah. Hence why Bob McIntyre, did he not make his professional debut on the MENA tour when uh, he turned pro after the Walker Cup a few years ago? Good knowledge, and, Michael. And won. Good knowledge. Exceptional knowledge is the word you're after. But the, the MENA tour, yeah, it's kind of just struggled for... Survival, I think, like a lot of other businesses and enterprises, thanks to the, the pandemic. Either way, it seems that Liv has decided to make its event this week, the Bangkok event, a MENA Tour event. Don't know quite how they've done it, but they've said this is now part of the MENA Tour schedule. MENA Tour says, yeah, absolutely not a problem at all. They must be getting a, a serious backhander for it. But, yeah, it's, it's all... It's all a bit strange. So, a bit more background on the MENA tour. Funnily enough, the events at stages around the Middle East and North Africa, 54 whole tournaments. It started in 2011, but has held only one event since the start of the pandemic. But last month, it announced plans for a wraparound schedule comprising at least 24 events, end of this year into next. Minimum total prize purse of $75,000. Mm-hmm. To put it another way, that's $45,000 less than the last place finisher at the Live Golf events. But they have struck this deal. So Live is now planning to get world ranking points through the MENA Tour. The application is in. I don't know if it's like an emergency injunction they're after or an emergency application, but they believe as of this week, they can start earning world ranking points. What the hell's going on? Who knew that Brooks Kepka would be playing Challenge Tour events at Spay Valley? Then rising to the absolute top of the game, winning, going back on, winning four <laughs> majors, world number one, and then joining the MENA tour. It's so hard to get your head around. But it's what they should have, and how many times we've said this, and it's kind of a bit boring now, but it's what they should have done at the outset with a bigger tour. Mm-hmm. Still don't understand why they just don't buy the Asian tour. Just turn the Asian tour into what they want. They own the tour. They could run two separate tours, which is what the PGA Tour are going to do with a mini tour within a tour. They could have done that on the Asian Tour. And obviously, I it, it looks as though they obviously want, you know this more than anyone, that they wanted to do that with the DP World, and they mm-hmm. basically said no. But surely the next best is the Asian Tour. Correct, yeah. So I still don't understand. I don't see the point of the, they've got a 10-year investment plan with the Asian Tour. I just, I don't really see the point. It's a strange one that that's why? the part of the partnership that doesn't make much sense. I do understand why they would want to strike a deal with the MENA tour, but it's like they only just discovered that it exists and then discovered that, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> they stage exclusively 54 whole tournaments. Oh, and by the way, they were recognised by the official World Golf Rankings Board in 2016. So if they, as a 54 whole tour, if you like, are able to get world ranking points, why not us? So yeah. let's just fold ourselves into them and then in time, presumably, pull ourselves back out. Yeah. It's a really interesting one because where do the OWGR go from here? It is complicating. It's becoming a complete mess. But essentially, you know, at the end of the day, you have to come out and say that they are playing a professional golf event. They don't quite meet the requirements for world ranking points. That's why the MENA's ranking points are so, like, is it not seven points you get? Or yeah. It's just minuscule eventually 
for the betterment of the game, they're going to have to figure out a way to have these guys. It, it, you can't have these guys just suddenly playing exhibition golf. It doesn't seem right. It, I, I know they've. We'd, uh, so many people don't like it and it's not right and the Saudi Arabia influence and I get all that but it's, at the end of the day there are some top class golfers playing there and they don't get any world ranking points mm-hmm. the thing is it's not uh, this is going to s- sound horrendous but it is for the betterment of the game is it necessarily growing the game we can argue about that <laughs> but I don't want to not see Bryson at the Masters yeah. I want to see him there they just have to work out the logistics of how to have them there legitimately, and that is the big issue. They've just bought a tour and are then lumping their format into that tour because you have to qualify them for Mina Tour. You don't just turn up and pay. You know, there's a group of guys that want to play on that tour. That is the crux of Live, is that it's invitational. You can't qualify for Live. I can't play Live. You know, Tiger Woods can't play Live. Unless they invite them. This year. Yeah. And they've not laid out any plans, as far as I'm aware, to have a qualifying system or a qualified. They don't have a Q school. Well, they've imagine a Q school for live. Who's going to be on that Q school? Problem is, it's going on for so long now, and it, it, it needs resolved. Yeah. And what I don't understand is the people in charge of the world rankings and the, the federation board have said pretty much nothing. That's not good enough. Mm-hmm. This is a problem in our sport that needs solved. Say something. Yeah, I agree. And I think the if Liv wanted to go down this route, they could say, look at the players we've got. We have the reigning Open champion. We have a guy who joined us as world number two. We've got a guy who joined us as the players champion. We have multiple major winners. We have some of the best players in golf. Are you telling me we can't get world ranking points, but guys playing the MENA Tour can? Yeah. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's when it gets ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. I mean, you can, you just can't exist like that anymore. Exactly. No one's going to tell me. I, I had a look at the rankings the other day. Like, DJ has dropped something like 20 places since he joined Live. No one's going to tell me that Dustin Johnson isn't soon going to be one of the top 50 golfers in the world. I just, I don't buy that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the rankings might say otherwise, but that then means the rankings are flawed. And if the rankings are flawed, then what value have they? Interesting there to note that the 13 individual live events scheduled for next year are going to be rolled into the existing MENA Tour schedule. President and Chief Operating Officer of Live Golf, Atul Kozla, said in a release, we are taking this mutually beneficial action to support the game at the developmental level and because of the importance and fairness of live golfers qualifying for world ranking points. We're pleased to create pathways that give more opportunities for young players while also giving fans Ranking that includes all the world's best golfers. As we say, yes, we get the ranking part of it, but that pathway part, the opportunities part, benefiting and supporting the game at a developmental level, I would love to see a bit more meat on the bone about that. Anyway, Ryder Cup, as I mentioned at the top, there's been some developments in that this week. Zach Johnson and Luke Donald, the respective team captains, have been in Rome marking a year to go. Rome, your favourite place on the planet, Bryce, as I think we've discussed before. You must be buzzing at the prospect of going there next year. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to <laughs> send somebody else. <laughs> if, if you didn't hear that particular episode where Bryce ranted about Rome, what was it you didn't like? You didn't like the food? You didn't like what else? It was mainly the food. Yeah, and everything else about the city. No, I liked some of the other stuff. It just the food was horrific and 
Whatever. It's Rome. How can the food be horrific? Google it. Pasta, pizza. Does, it's not about that. You can have pasta and pizza everywhere. You can also have really tasty pasta so, and so pizza everywhere. You're saying it didn't meet your high standards. Yes, that's right. what I'm saying, Michael. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> anyway, the Ryder Cup seems to think it's fine. Ryder Cup Europe's all for it. We're going there in 12 months. This whole year to go stuff, though, I've got to be honest, I find it all a bit cringe because you look at some of the, the social media content that's come out, and I know they have to try hard to push it and promote it, but... I think the Ryder Cup's becoming just too big an animal. And I sometimes wonder if we just get too carried away about it. What Europeans do and Americans are now, because of the the attempt to make the Ryder Cup bigger than it is for the fill the pockets of everyone, the, the Americans have been brought into that. Let's talk about this. But I've always said years ago, you would always have Europeans, golf writers talking about, you know, Ryder Cup star Lee Westwood and, you know, because he didn't win a major, you can't call Medi- him former US Medina, Medina star, Ian Poulter and stuff. And the Americans would never refer mm. to Jim Furyk as Ryder Cup star Jim Furyk. They would just say Oklahoma star or they would, whatever major the winner. Yeah, major winner or whatever. But even before that. So there's a difference uh, of uh, where it is in their psyche. Mm-hmm. But I think they're kind of the same now. The Americans seem to have clawed back some respect into that tournament. But the other day, I've, I'd forgotten exactly Zach Johnson was the captain. Really? That's shocking, isn't it? I, yes, I it, it is, Bryce, oh, frankly. Zach Johnson's captain. forgot about that. I've got no idea. Yeah, I, <laughs> Honestly, I just... I, I just, I, at the moment, I don't... I'm not that bothered about a year to go. It's irrelevant. It's 12 months away. I know, it's not important. All we know right now is who the captains are going to be and that there will be a match at Marco Simone. And the rest some, is fluff. There's some vice captains. Yeah. That's it. But none of that matters. I, it feels... I, I just worry that sooner or later it's going to burn out where people are just going to get exhausted with it. You're seeing it already on social media. People are saying, why are we talking about something that's so far away? It does seem slightly strange that we, we were invited to go there and spend a couple of days and speak to the captains. We think, what's the point? You're right. What's the point? What are they going to say? And I think that was noticeable in the press conference they did. Not a huge amount came out of it. You know, are you excited by the start that some of your players you'd like to be in the team have made? Yes. <laughs> No, it disappoints me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be honest. I'm really disappointed. See Shane Lowry starting really well. Guido uh, Migliozzi. I mean, there's really not much. Do to I want say. a home player? That's it. There's, there's not, not much, much to say. say. So uh, the hype train's just a bit too much, and it's noticeable when you compare that to Solheim Cup and your favourite, the Presidents Cup. They're just allowed to happen, and it's actually see when they arrive and they're on you. It's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm right. in, I'm into it. But this whole two-year almost build-up. Give me strength. Just, no. I'll, I'll be interested in it nearer the time. Oh. One interesting thing, if you want to call it that, that came from the press conference, Luke Donald did acknowledge that he believes his team going to be underdogs. Is he right, Bryce, that Europe are going to be underdogs? And is that something that a captain should even be saying? Is it mind games even? It's not mind games now. It might be three weeks before the event. That's when I do care what they think mm-hmm. about that. Down the event because you want to hear them talk up their team, but it's not as a not a problem before that we've been underdogs. I think we've been underdogs for quite a few times, and it's not really bothered us. We're on home soil. Put it this way: that that was a, you get an idea of what that American team would look like from the Presidents Cup. Would the team that you think Europe would put out now would they beat the internationals? It would be a close match. I think it would be pretty close. I don't know whether we would win, but. 
they, they've got some serious players on their side. So when you put the Americans in it, I mean, the Americans, apart from the final day and the last, sort of half of the last session and then the final day, they pretty much battered them. So can Europe beat them? Of course they can. Yeah. It's the Ryder Cup. It's just a crazy event. And it all depends on the start you got off. I've always said mm. this, the Ryder Cup comes down to kind of captain you've got and what happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can put players out in whatever strategy you want, but if players are into it, and the captain G's them up for it, and they, and they get that going from the off, and you have a confident captain leading you, you've got a chance. I don't think Europe had that the last time. I thought they were a disaster. I thought Harrington was a disaster. I really like Patrick Harrington. I think mm-hmm. he's a good guy. But sometimes it just doesn't work. Yep. He looked unbelievably nervous during his interviews in the first morning. On the Friday morning, he looked nervous. He looked like a guy that wasn't comfortable so if you put that in front of the team, it stands out. Mm-hmm. Players feed off that. And that is what comes from experience in the Ryder Cup. They also went up against an American team that we can't ignore just how good they were at that point in time. Their average world ranking was eight and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's the first time in, I think, ever that there's they been, were up. certainly in the European era, that we've had a team that's had an average ranking in single digits. Eight and a half. I mean, that's unreal. The team that then put out for the President's Cup the other week there, 11 and a half was the average ranking. So they've lost DJ, Bryson, Reed, and Kepka. But I mean, that's a pretty heavy. That's a, that's a third of your team. It's pretty heavy. They've lost them. Say. Still managed to retain such a strong squad and battered the internationals on the greens. I only discovered this recently that internationals led the Americans tee to green, stats wise. The Americans gained 20 shots putting on the internationals team that mm. week. 20 shots. Mm. I mean, that's absolutely obscene. Add to the fact that they've clearly got players who like one another and socialise with one another, that have grown up and come through the ranks with one another. Not as one big, you know, group. There's little pockets of friendships. That's something that Paul Lazinger, probably the most successful American captain in recent memory, discovered it's like you know what we don't need 12 players to be pals just need i just a few need of them I need, I need three groups of four to be pals you just wonder whether the the Ryder cup u.s Ryder cup next next year will be galvanized with what's happened with live equally that could work the, the europeans though yeah yeah absolutely because the americans it's it, it feels like it's the americans tour because they're american yeah you know and and they they're all doing it for america and i, I just get that but they were up for it mm-hmm. that last Ryder cup why are we talking about this but that last Ryder cup Remember that morning. They, they were so it. up for it. They wanted it. That's what Europe need to bring to the bring to the table this time round. Yeah. But they'll have a lot of youth and they'll have a lot of inexperience. I'm pro- but, I mean, going, it's the inexperience, I, I think, that makes us the underdogs. Yeah, because you're I haven't not looked have, at it. You're not going to have Garcia. You're not going to have Westwood. You're not going to have Poulter. I think that's great. You're not going to have Casey. You're not going to have Casey. For me, that's brilliant. I didn't want them last time around. Never mind this time coming up. So you're going to have younger players less experienced players but that's fine by me I would rather give younger players who have a point to prove a chance because a young guy with a point to prove is dangerous he's also unknown at this point the Americans know everything there is to know about Sergio about Westwood about Poulter about Casey nothing new to learn there they know the things that they're good at and things they're bad at with respect to guys like Guido Migliozzi and even Bob McIntyre do you think that Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, 
Patrick Cantley know all the buttons to press with those guys. No. They might be given information, but they don't have first-hand experience no. of it. So that, I think, is a good thing for Europe. Uh, I think it will be. And let's be honest, the last time, our best players didn't turn up. Our, the best player so in our true. team had a horror show yep. until the Sunday. An absolute horror show. That feeds through the team. That's what happens at Ryder Cups. Don't think they don't go into the team room after and sit their head down and rage at each other. They do. They know when someone isn't performing. It affects people. But I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about, I think it'll be quite a fresh event. Mm-hmm. I, I quite, the thing about the President's Cup, it wasn't like the same old faces. It was Sunday different, like Corey Connors playing, you think, quite like that. Yeah, absolutely. Sunday new, yeah. you know, we don't. So how many times did we turn up at a Ryder Cup and there's Phil Mickelson, Jim Furyk and Tiger Woods? It's just... The predictability the makes it boring. Yeah, it's a wee bit... Like, fair enough, yeah, I've got Woods, I get it. But it'll be a fresh Ryder Cup, it'll be a new start, there'll be a lot of youth, and I think for the Ryder Cup, that'll be a good thing. Another interesting line, Zach Johnson talking about Tiger Woods, he was asked about his role, what it's going to be. Is Tiger a vice-captain? Is he just a consultant? What is Tiger's role? What Zach Johnson said was quite interesting. He, he basically said, yeah, Tiger will be involved, but he won't be there. Or at least he doesn't anticipate that he's going to be there. What do you make of that? Is if, if he's not going to be there, should he have any involvement? No, I think they see him as this sort of Michael Jordan inspirational figure. They used to wheel out Michael Jordan at the Ryder Cup and just kind of inspire the players. That's what they see with Tiger, and why not? <sighs> However, I do think Woods has taken quite a big step back a much bigger step back from the spotlight than I thought he would. For him to say he's not going to be there already, it's quite a big step. But let's be honest, Woods has done everything in the game. Just think he wants to go to Rome, eat terrible food, <laughs> stand about watching other guys practice, and then get a buggy and drive about a golf course for five days. I mean, remember the build-up to Ryder Cup is it's the painful. Yeah, it is. It's like the half hour before an away Champions League match. It's brutal. Can't stand it. He's got to do that on the Monday, Tuesday, the Wednesday, and the Thursday. And then on a Friday, he's got to sit in a buggy and trail some group and then report back on a... I think Woods has passed that. I think he's spent his entire career going to Ryder Cup, an event which he wasn't a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he's gone, you know what, I've, I've, I've done that. If they want me to phone up on a Teams call then I'll help out, but I'm not going there. I get why you'd have Tiger Woods involved, but I also think there's a compelling reason not to. point of including him is because that young team has grown up admiring and idolising Tiger. Justin Thomas is best pal, and Jordan Spieth will have grown up the same way. Cantley, Scotty Scheffler wears Tiger Woods clothes. The world number one he wears, wears shoes. Tiger shoes. Yeah, yeah. He's got Tiger's logo in the back of his polo. These guys idolise and worship Tiger. But what can he actually tell them about the Ryder Cup? Because I think yeah. when it gets to that point, you need detail, you need analytics, you need data, because it's marginal gains. What's Tiger going to say? Unless he has access to that detail, which I can't believe that he does or has any interest in, is he going to... Is, it seems like he's just phoning them up on teams to be a cheerleader, to get the pom-poms out and say, come on, get in there, lads. Go on. But I, think, but I think that's what, yeah, that's what Alex Ferguson was. When he came to the help Europe, I think that is literally what they use him for. He's there for pom poms. I don't think he would be used to strum. This is how you would play and try this when you're playing Rory. And well, you never know, he might, but I just don't really buy into that. What does it say about where Tiger is 
going into next year if they're talking about the fact that he's maybe not even fit or able to travel. Well, the other thing is, for Tiger not to be involved at that Ryder Cup, does that let, are we now saying that he's not going to be a Ryder Cup captain? Unless it's in the States. But even then, you'd think if you were going to be a Ryder Cup captain, the guy just doesn't go to the Ryder Cup before because he doesn't want to. But I want to be captain next year. Doesn't want to or isn't able. Isn't able to. Yeah. Uh, There's maybe personal or health reasons that that's why he's not Mm. going and I get all that. But it's still, you know, that was any other player would be potentially jumping all over that. Because they have done that in the past. Uh, But Tiger's not just any other player. No, he's not. That's right, Michael. Yeah. So where's he at? Because the Hero World Challenge field, for example, was the initial part of that was revealed earlier this week. Tiger's own event in the Bahamas in December. 16 out of the 18, 19 names revealed so far. He's not one of them. That's not to say he won't give himself an invite, but if he was going to play, why not just say? I'm worried that we're next, the next time we'll see Tiger will be the Masters, then maybe... USPG or US Open, then they open and then we won't see him again for a year. Yeah, I, th- I think that's it. I think Tiger has earned the right to just turn up and do what he wants and that is what he's doing. He's clearly not in a physical space where he can play as much golf as he would like. Last time we saw him, he could hardly walk. I mean, he was struggling. So that's all. And that was a, what, a year after the crash. So, yeah, look, we don't know. We're, we're speculating on it. I just, it will be a bit gutting when he says, which I think is coming sooner rather than later, that I'm done, that's it. I'd like to see him do it because... The speculation hurts. The speculation hurts worse. I mean, the, the, the open, I just, looking back at it, I just can't believe that he didn't draw a line there and say, you know what, I am done. You may see me at the Masters. I may play one more open, but real terms... I'm done and this is farewell. But it's typical Tiger. Loves the drama. Of course he does. But so does Serena Williams. So does Roger Federer. And they've had their farewells and they knew when to do it. I want Tiger to have that farewell. And he missed the best opportunity at St Andrews. Tiger's, yeah, he does. Because St Andrews was or is his favourite course. But he wasn't saying farewell. He pretty much, I think he's, not pretty much said it, but that will be the last time he ever walks over that bridge at St Andrews. But he's not said farewell to the game. Might do that at Augusta. Where that's the place where he launched himself yeah. onto the Good sport. And uh, it might but it be needs where to he happen, says, doesn't it? Because he can't just fizzle out and not have a farewell. Well, I, I'm not sure it needs to happen, but I don't really want that. To, I don't want us to have this conversation every six months. You know, when's the next time we're going to see Tiger? I, I just don't like that. I agree with you. It would be... Good if he just chose to say what's happening, but it's not It's not the way he is. From one goat to another, Jack Nicholas. this is something that's been going on, bubbling away for years, Bryce. The, and apologies, we're going to sound a little bit parochial here, but Jack is finally getting around to building a golf course in Aberdeen, or Aberdeenshire. The Uri Estate, this is significant because I think it's only his second golf course in Scotland after the PGA Centenary at Glen Eagles. Even more significant because this has been going on for, what, 15 years or so that we've been talking about this course happening. It's been on and off and on and off. Now it's happening. How significant a development is this, do you think, Bryce? It's obviously it's a long-running saga. And I suspect the, the reason I got over the line is because they've built a lot of homes. And they're quite nice. <laughs> but <laughs> you it moving is, in, eh? Yeah, no. But it is, that's that's 
some, I suspect I've had to tick a few boxes in order to get it over the line. So, listen, I know what we're going to debate. Do we need another golf course in this That's country? the favourite question. We have 550 of them. I think there's 554, exactly. There you go. I think that will be 555. So, we have this debate all the time. Do we need another golf course? We are playing at Scotland's latest new course tomorrow mm-hmm. at Dunbarney. Who you're going to get battered, by the way. Well, I love your arrogance. Thanks. And it will no doubt be very busy. And it is very busy. And it has been very busy. Its success has been just monumental. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic golf course. The best thing about Dunbarney is that you can play it from any set of tees. You walk on it the first tee and yeah. the guy says, where do you want to play from? How refreshing is that? I know. Some courses are still no say we can't actually play off the back tees. You know, to be fair, at Downfield... We pretty much played where we wanted. Yeah. But there are other courses that will say, don't no, that's, that. that's for our medals. So here's a big expensive course, Dunbarney. It's a trophy course, and you can turn up and do what the hell you want. And I think that is phenomenal. How many times you played a golf course like that, and it's not been that experience. Mm-hmm. But at Dunbarney, it is that experience. It is easier to play. from the, It's more fun from forward tees, which is what golf is all about. So I like that. I think that's... A benef- it's a benefit to the game. I hope Uri states like that. I hope it's a fun course for everybody. Will it be expensive? Of course it'll be expensive. But let's be honest, I'm not a member at Dunbarney. I can't afford to be a member at Dunbarney. I don't think anyone, I don't think do memberships. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just talking about the The, the idea, place. right, yeah. yeah, yeah. These, these are, it's like King's Barnes, I'm not a member at King's Barnes. I don't, I, it's that, they're not, you don't play King's Barnes every Tuesday with your pals. No. It's not that type of place. So the whole argument about price goes out the window in that case, and we argue that to the cows come home. But I think it's another option in Scotland. And to be honest, I, I keep saying this. How does England lose out on these venues consistently? Look at the amount of new courses that have been built in Scotland. Some of them have hosted events and big, by some big names. They don't go to England. Mm-hmm. And I find that just, it's head-scratching. I know it's because of the home of golf. Even then, Kent and that area, Sussex, is a that area is loaded with fantastic golf courses. Those golf courses cost a lot of money to join. They're rich in golfers with cash. But they don't get new golf courses. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I wonder if part of it's because golf's just not part of the England tourism strategy, if you like, whereas in Scotland it is one of the key drivers of the tourism strategy. Yeah. The more choice that we can give to an international market in terms of here are great, genuinely great golf courses to I mean, play, it just, go and do it. And it it, just, not just that, but it's sticking Jack Nicholas's name on it. You say absolutely. that to someone from South Africa, there's a golf course in South Africa that Jack built, I'm there. Don't, uh-huh. don't be under any doubt that Tiger Woods will build a golf course in Scotland uh-huh. in the next five to ten years. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, um, I just think Scotland is... Look what we've got to offer. I know. I mean, we're not even talking about it. We're talking about golf courses and some of the talking about how great Scotland is, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. Look at the golf courses that we provide. It's outrageous. That's the funny thing as well, isn't it? See all these people that say, I'm being priced out. It's This is just another golf course that I'll never get to play. How many of those people have played these courses? Uh-huh. I would wager rather a high percentage. It's like I always think, go and, go and play it and then then make your experience. Cause yeah. I, make your, your opinion on it. But everyone said that about Troon. Troon was like, it's very posh. And two women. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We went to Troon and it was absolutely mind-blowingly brilliant. Yeah. 
mind-blowing. And the guy, the guy who ran the place came up to us and said hello, and he looked like a normal bloke. Yeah. I thought he was going to come out with a pipe and red trousers on and, <laughs> hey, chaps, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Those tube socks you're wearing. <laughs> Should That's be up nice. top. <laughs> Just brilliant. So, yeah, you're right. It's you know, your eyes. Yeah, exactly. Make your decision after you've played it. In other words, give it a fair crack of the whip. Yeah. Very excited to see what, what Jack does at the Uriah State. I've no doubt it's going to be absolutely awesome. More to come, including what I think is going to be quite a robust chat on a certain Mr. DeChambeau. Coming right up after the break. To create an iron that performs like nothing else, you need to build it like no one else has. So we constructed the new Rogue ST irons with a high-strength 450 AI face cup, doubled its tungsten weighting for optimal launch, and added even more urethane microspheres for exceptional feel and sound. Every aspect of Rogue ST has been precision-tuned to create our longest iron ever. The new Rogue ST irons from Callaway, the kings of distance. Welcome back. Part two of this week's Bunkered podcast in association with Callaway. Bryce, did you hear the the latest song by Sam Harrop? On Bob? Yes. No. Mull of Kintyre, Bob McIntyre. It's quite good, actually. Quite enjoyed that. Ah, I see yeah. what he's done there. Yeah. I did have the fear, though, when I saw somebody quote tweeting it and saying, this is absolutely brilliant, Sam. I cannot wait to hear the Ryder Cup Guardian singing that in Rome next year. Find him, hunt him down, and I will decide what to do with them. Those Ryder Cup Guardians, that's a, 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 they're too nice, they're too friendly. Their songs are rotten. Their songs are rotten, their banter's crap, and they look like estate agents from South London. Assuming some of them are. No offence to estate agents in Glasgow, because my brother-in-law's one. But estate agents everywhere else. In South London, who dress up in plus fours and yellow. Yeah, they disgust me. <laughs> Really it's genuinely annoying it's, it's, me. The thing that gets me is they just completely hijack and sabotage yeah. the first tee experience. They Brutal. did it at Glen Eagles. They've tried to do it everywhere since. It's awful. It's, you know, look, everyone have fun. Go ahead, but can we all have fun together rather than you guys just having yeah. a wee little giggle and please Rose. Get, get rid of the outfits. Do, 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 do. That wasn't good. It's enough. It wasn't good. Stop it. Anyway... Big announcement this week. Golf is in the Commonwealth Games and I'm sure you're buzzing at that news. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bryce isn't a fan of golf in the Olympics. He's made that very, very clear for a very long time. Must because I'm not episodes. a fan of the Olympics. Correct. What's, what's your beef with the Olympics again? Just a, a five-second summary of why you hate it. It just goes on for too, too long and... Dancing horses. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I can only I can only assume that you're not going to be a fan of golf being part of the Commonwealth Games, but it was announced earlier this week that from 2026, when the next Games take place in Victoria, Australia, that golf will be part of the menu. Other sports joining include coastal rowing and BMX riding. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute, we'll get to the BMX riding in a minute. Coastal rowing. Yes. So guys in a rowing boat at the side of the coast. You would suspect. I mean... Coastal rowing. I don't know what it is. 
Honestly, I I can only assume that that is so riding. Well, a, hang on, no, riding the, across the waves. Yeah, yeah. So let let's face it, rowing in the Olympics, it's all in quite a controlled environment, a, a purpose built lake usually, is it not? And very little waves. Whereas this, it's like go and row versus the elements versus nature. So I I get it. BMXing. Did your son have a BMX? He did until my mother in law drove over it in her car. <laughs> On purpose? No. You're not going to be taking part in the Commonwealth Games. No grandson of mine. No, it cost me a fortune. I bought my pauper BMX and she drove over it in her car and ruined it. (laughs) The frame was ruined. I wasn't very happy. Well, I can see why. Did she buy a new one? No, she didn't. And the shop I was going to get him another one for Christmas and get her to pay for it is shut down. Nice. Okay. We're just calling her out on the show right now. Fix that. Yeah, fix that. Someone knows where I can get a proper BMX in Glasgow. I think the shop in Glasgow was called Substance, and it's just behind Mother India's Cafe, but it appears to be closed. Okay, so I'm looking at Wikipedia just now. Coastal and offshore rowing is a rowing sport, funnily enough, performed at sea, shock. In North America, this sport is often called open water rowing. Blah, blah, blah. Oh! Coastal rowing will make its Olympic debut during the final day of of Los Angeles 2028. Superb. Due to sea, one has to row in harsher conditions, apparently. To withstand it, the boats are usually wider and more robust than those you would use on rivers and lakes. So, yeah, it's like if they held Oxford and Cambridge's boat race, you know, in the channel effectively is the the vibes i'm getting from that so golf anyway back to golf golf is one of the three new sports give us your thoughts although i think i can guess bryce golf in the commonwealth games your initial reaction to that news i think it's a good thing why not it's going to be amateurs isn't it we don't know that surely it has to be amateurs. so this is the thing we don't know anything about it other than it's in no formats being decided no qualifying no idea on who the players and participants are going to be so that's all up for debate. That's and great. we will come to that. But let's stick with the initial reactions. You're okay with it? If it's amateurs, yes. Okay. If it's professionals, it's getting a little bit silly. Yeah. But everyone wants a piece of the funding, Michael. Less is it. It opens up the door. It's tiddlywinks in the Olympics. Tiddlywinks. Well, there was a campaign to get tiddlywinks in the Olympics. And the Olympics has a history of really stupid sports like dueling pistols was in the olympics dueling pistols yep i can't imagine there is a silver medal winner for that presumably <laughs> they just get shot yeah. just <laughs> the <win>. gold <laughs> hot air ballooning was in the olympics no way yeah yeah yeah. but as we all know golf used to be in the olympics so many many years ago many many like over a hundred years ago so it's got a history plus golf's a real sport yes However, players seemed to want to be involved in the Olympics, and that's fine. Okay. I don't, I I think if they can bring it in and it brings funding, which goes to grassroots golf, then all good. Yeah, and that's fine. I don't think the Commonwealth Games is well. Pro doesn't need it. Pro golf doesn't need that funding. No, it doesn't. But I I don't think the, the funding would necessarily go there. I think it would go to, like, hopefully the grassroots, because let's face it, legacies and stuff. But you look at the Commonwealth Games, it's a different group of nations that take part as well, for one thing. And looking at the list just now, you've got the likes of Canada, Cameroon, Botswana, Malawi. I remember cheering for the... Yeah, 
it was the Malawi Rugby 7 side at Ibrox, which is the home of Rangers, for those who don't know. 50,000 capacity. It was full, and the entire stadium was cheering on the Malawi Rugby 7 side in the Commonwealth Games in 2014. So, Who were they playing? A... England, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they were cheating. Then you've got other nations like, oh, it was Uganda. Sorry, it was Uganda. Malawi were also there, but people seem to have a passion for Uganda for some reason. Vanuatu, where my brother-in-law has recently moved, they can they're eligible to take part in the Commonwealth Vanuatu, Games. Vanuatu, that's 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 the place where you literally cannot point to it on a map because you, you need to zoom in. It's a speck in the <laughs> middle of the Pacific. Tiny. Yeah. So good I guess the point I'm making there is there. that it's it's good for golf as a whole to be at least raising its own profile in what do I want to call them? Marginal nations, if you like, developing nations. You know, how often do they watch the Masters in, for example, Belize? Yeah. But when it's on their tellies because the Commonwealth Games is taking place and their players and their athletes are taking part, yeah, okay, fine. That's that's. I get it. It's good for the global profile of the game. They like it's, golf in Ghana. Well, evidently, yeah. Is Ghana eligible? Let's just look. I was just... Ghana... Is in the Commonwealth. Is Ghana, yeah. I was just going to say, is Ghana in the Commonwealth? Yeah, there you go. It is. So, tell you what, guys, we'll sponsor you. It's fine for the Commonwealth Games in 2020. I'm not joking. If Ghana get in, I reckon we should sponsor them. Yeah, let's do it. So, if you're the Ghana I love whoever listener, just disparaging them, say, I'll be dead cheap, Ghana. <laughs> no, if, if you're but, If you're the listeners in Ghana, go and speak to the Golf Federation, let them know of our interest and let's start a discussion Let them we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But on a serious note, it's it's a strange one, the Commonwealth News, because there were no rumours. I mean, with the Olympics, there had been years of speculation and chat and lobbying and papers and press releases. This came out of the blue. You're in. Yeah. No one expected it, which is quite surprising. Yeah, the, the fact that there's no news in the format or qualifying yet is it gives you the fear a little bit because they will want Rory McIlroy playing as part of the Northern Ireland team. You have to assume we're that somebody that is again, going to Yeah. If you were picking the format right here, right now, blank sheet of paper, what would you choose? 54 hole, no cut. Shotgun start. Shotgun start. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what everyone wants. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think the, I'll be going. Are there four aces in the Commonwealth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it would be what golf is, which is seventy-two hole stroke play. But, but they did that a, in the Olympics, and everyone hated it. But it does. Some people hated it. I do think that it's a bit unfair to have a cut. But you go all the way to Australia and play, you know, two rounds of golf, and then come home. Mm-hmm. No, make it like a World Golf Championship. No cut. 72 hole stroke play. 72 hole stroke play. And it should be for amateurs. How good would it be if England golf, Scottish golf, Wales golf all got to put in players and they get masses of cash? That's what that's what it should be for. Commonwealth Games to me, I mean, I know the Olympics is an amateur event, <laughs> supposedly. Because yeah, Usain Bolt retained his amateur status yeah, and didn't yeah. make a penny from exactly. it. Exactly. So uh, that's what the Commonwealth Games should do. I yeah. hope they do that. It'd be a good thing if they did. Yeah. Big opportunity for young players potentially as well. And the cool thing for me is that there's no Team GB. So you're going to have a Scottish team, an English team, a Welsh team, a Northern Irish team. So that was one of the cool things about 
the Glasgow games, going to that and watching the Scottish Rugby Sevens team taking part. Yeah, it's parochial or whatever you want to call it, but just a bit of national pride, patriotism, sense of identity. It's quite cool. Yeah. <clears throat> You're not buying it, are you? I'm just not into that. I thought the Olympics is just garbage and it's not the Olympics garbage. I, I like the 100 metres and stuff, but I didn't even watch it. When was the last Olympics? A couple of years ago. A couple of years last ago. Last year, in fact, because of Tokyo. It was, it was last played. year. I, I did not watch any of that. You're a funny one, Bryce. You, you know what you like and you like what you know. Exactly. I'll give you that. Thank you. Bryson DeChambeau. Let's go there, shall we? Do you like Bryson? Yes, of course I like Bryson. Okay, so that's a good start for this segment. <laughs> There's reason to talk about Bryson. Number of reasons, actually. He has launched himself back into the public consciousness after drifting out of it following his move to live. And he's done a couple of things in the past week that have been quite... Well, they've made headlines. First up, the World Long Drive Championship took place in Nevada last weekend. Bryson took part in it as he said he would, as he did last year, but he finished, was it seventh? The thing that he was much maligned for trying to enter this seemingly meaningless, irrelevant golf competition, why would somebody that good at golf take part in that? He tried to prove that it was possible to be good at both. Went to Nevada last week against all of the longest hitters in golf and he finished second. Don't care what anyone says, don't care how many eyes roll, that is seriously bloody impressive. It is impressive. And I suspect he's been dedicating a lot more of his time to that than he would probably let on, which is probably why it's affected his golf. Because yeah, of Webb's schedule being so sparse. Yeah, yeah. Mm. don't um, underestimate how impressive that was. These guys, these guys are pro long drivers. This is all they do. That's their job. It's their career. At other times, he's he's been playing in majors and... 54 whole events. <laughs> but that is a, no, a, a phenomenal achievement. They, these guys are unreal. They're absolute athletes. You ever, yeah. I mean, the guy that won it, have you ever seen him? He's Martin just, Borgmeier. He looks like something out of a Marvel film. Yeah. And, you know, when you meet Joe Miller, who's a former world champion, Joe's a big guy. I mean, it's mind-boggling how, how good they are. Yeah, and they're not just guys that are big and strong and hit the ball a long way. Flexible. They, they're flexible and they are totally and completely dedicated to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Everything Joe eats, for example, Joe, Joe Miller's a great example, everything he eats is specifically chosen to optimise his performance. Yeah. There's not one thing that he consumes. No. He's, um, I, 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 I know, I spoke to Sandra Carborg, who's a former world champion, and she had to pretty much give up her career to do long drive. Uh, she played on the tour, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So... The, the, a lot of them can't do both. Bryson is effectively doing both. But at the moment, he's probably more successful doing long drive. Now, he's not playing all the events, I mm -hmm. get it, but the amount of people that play in that, I mean, there's an over, there's a seniors long drive, there's an over 50 stuff. These guys are... You could take part in that next year. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. Every week. Um, <laughs> You got me there. And if we the, can the, find the, the right shaft the, for you. The, <laughs> Sure, there's a graphic. The competitive element in it is unreal. Mm -hmm. So, also, the risk of injury is pretty big yeah. as well. And Bryson's got around that to an extent. But I think it has, genuinely, I think it has affected his game. I guess we'll know more next year when he starts playing 
what, 14 times a year with Liv and potentially the majors. He'll have the full schedule next year that he didn't have this year. How does he make room for both? And it's going to be very interesting to see if he can. It'd be interesting to see if it gets to a point that he has to choose one and which one he chooses because the thing for me about Bryson is that I kind of wonder if there's a bit of a wasted talent because he is clearly one of the best golfers in the world. No one's going to convince me otherwise. Yeah, he does weird stuff. Of course he does. You don't win the US Open without being one of the best golfers on the planet. You don't get to where he got to without that. But he doesn't seem to want to make the most of it. He doesn't have the tunnel vision of Tiger or Rory or Justin Thomas. You're absolutely bang on. I think next year, look, we've had live. We've had, what, at the end of the year, we've had eight events. Mm -hmm. I think next year is going to be a really good indicator about where we are with Liv, whether people are taking it seriously, because these guys, if they turn up at these events, 72-hole, different environment where they won't be used to playing in for the last year, and it's completely new, we'll get a really good indication of where Liv stands in the in the mainstream element of golf. Mm-hmm. Because right. let's be honest, Kepka's been anonymous this year. Who would have said that? He's absolutely anonymous. So what's going to happen next year? And it's the same with Bryson. I think Bryson's... I think he's made a mistake. I don't think Bryson should be doing what he's doing. I think he should concentrate on one thing. He's got a lot going on. Well, this is it. He's trying to be this... You've made the point privately. It's as if he's trying to be Logan Paul. He's acting. He does act like that. His video the other day with the... He's killing myself laughing with the rope video where he, he hurt himself and he said, I can't see him in my right eye. It was like a classic Rocky. You know, throw the goddamn towel. <laughs> it's like, that That was just hilarious. But he made light of it. He's obviously, a lot of people have said, you know, you look like a bit of a tool there and fix that. So he did his whole thing where he pretended to go under the rope and then all his pals were jumping about. Crazy. Which was brutal. Brutal. But that is, that's the crap my son watches on yeah. YouTube. These and those YouTubers equal... Dollars. Uh huh. These, you, you know, some guy fills his house with twenty thousand balloons, and it's got five million views. And you think, what is this? <laughs> Who is Sorry, this? what? Yeah, it's utter crap. You know, but that is what that is what people are engaging with, mm-hmm. and he wants to go down that road. You know, he's, I, I can I actually cannot watch some of his YouTube content because I find it so awkward to watch. It's cringeworthy. Uh huh. Yeah, it is. But that's the road he wants to go down. And that's his. Which is uh, such a shame when you're that good at sport. Such a shame when you are. People forget. Rewind two and a half years ago. People thought, including me, that this guy was going to revolutionise golf. This guy was just going to annihilate every golf course, and completely change what they were going to do. Augusta started changing holes. You know, they weren't doing that before Bryson turned up. Mm-hmm. So but true. He was. They were go back and look at some of the, the the comments that people were making when he was like, "I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that," and then he actually came out and did it. He got people Backed scared. Up, yeah, yeah. Backed up, but then I mean, Rory McIlroy, Rory McIlroy copied him and lost his game. Rory McIlroy copied what Bryson DeChambeau was doing because he thought this is the road I'm going to have to go down if I want to compete. It's it's crazy, and look where he is now. I don't think his decision making has matched his talent, but that's what he wants to do. You can't jump into his head and dis- and say, you know, are you making the right, am I right, making the right decision here or not? I think that is genuinely the world he wants to live in, which I find 
hugely disappointing. Yeah, I'm, I just can't get over or can't get, even get my head around the idea of having that much talent, that much ability, that much success, and then going, yeah, I want to try something different. I want to try and be famous. I want to be a YouTuber. No offence to YouTubers. Good luck. Go ahead. But, as I say, when you are that good at a sport, when you've grown up wanting to be that, YouTube didn't exist when Bryson was yeah, growing up. Yeah, can you up. take advantage of that Take talent? advantage. Oh. It's really weird to see. And then, off the back of the the second place at the World Long Drive, which, again, to reiterate, we both think brilliant and fair play to him. Tip our cap. Off the back of that, he released a statement. Which, well, it was something, wasn't it? To give you an example, acknowledging that a lot has happened this year, Bryson wrote, albeit I understand people's viewpoint may have changed a bit about me, I can tell you I've learned a lot about life and grown tremendously. My faith, my beliefs and character have been continually tested each and every year, especially these past few years. And although I fail all the time, I continue to make improvements to be a better version of myself each and every year. I continue to tinker, change and love to learn. One of my favourite lines in life is, you only have one go at the game of life, so why not live a life worth dying for? He concluded, no matter what anyone thinks about me, I can promise you I will always give you my all. I care beyond belief and want the best for everything. I may not do everything right by everyone's eyes, but I will do my best to be a better version of myself. That's why I wake up every day saying, Today I'm going to be a better version of myself. And yet Bryson clearly does. He gets out of bed before he has one of his 12 shakes before 9 o'clock. I think it's just 4 he has Is it day. 4? Yeah. Right. As he's cooking the 12 eggs in the frying pan, he's going, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to be a better version of myself. Like we, can, we can poke fun at it all we want, but that's because, quite honestly, that's word salad. That he's tossed out there. Well, I was just thought, well, what was the point of the statement? Exactly. I do love a statement, but I didn't really. I thought, what's coming here? And I read the whole thing, thinking at the end I'm going to get to something, like I'm going to go and live in Spain or something. Yeah. But no, nothing. It was just a. I want to do better. And so that's really weird. There's it's a lot a, of a statement for nothing. There's a lot of me's and a lot of eyes in there as well. Mm-hmm. That that it's not short in self confidence as Bryson, but you're right. It was a completely irrelevant, random. Strange, pointless statement. But the thing is, that is Bryson. That's the way everyone's always said that. He is quite an odd character. He's always done things his way. The swing, the clubs, the hat. The side saddle putting. Yeah, everything. He's always done things his way. The protractor. It's the the protractor. The spritzing the balls. The spraying the balls with moisture to work out the spin rate and stuff. I get it. He's always done things his way and it's, it's been successful. So many players don't. So many players don't put in the effort and they get nothing in return. He does. But he, he is, he, he's a bit of a strange figure. See, this is the thing. He's done all those things trying to find the marginal gains. I keep talking about it. Golf at that level is about marginal gains. Of he's doing is. that to try and find the extra 0.1% that, that makes him better than everyone else. I admire that. And then he decides not to take advantage and capitalise. He's uh. distracted. He goes off and does does other things. So he's doing all that stuff to be the best golfer he can be when in actual fact it appears he's not interested in being the very best, most successful, dominant golfer he can be. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a bit of everything. I I would love to open his head and see inside it because it is it's a complete circus. 
maybe we'll get uh, well actually we won't get the opportunity because he's going to live to be 130 or 140 yeah, so yeah. you know a century from now somebody might get the chance to to do the autopsy and find yeah. out what we can learn from bryson's brain but at the moment i just find him odd i'm fascinated by him i'm fascinated by him but he is odd it'll be fa- it'll be incredible when he rocks up to the masters i think that is going to be brilliant because that's Feels weird to say this, but that's our stage. Mm-hmm. That's what we know. Live just seems like another, another planet to me, and it's like so. I think he puts all that effort in, and you know he works on his body and his strength and conditioning. And then I just find it weird, like in a wedding tonight at Live, they have a big massive party and they're <laughs> rolling about with mojitos and thing. This <laughs> what's going on here? Did you see the TLC performance yeah, last night? This is mad. Who would be your headline act at Live if you were in charge? Megadeth. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Why not? Why not Megadeth? Yeah, it would be good. They've had Jesse J, or as people in Glasgow might call Jesse her, Jesse Jai. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've had, what, a few country and western stars. And it's not country and western stars, it's country, just country. Country stars. Not country and western stars. Right, right. right. Okay, fine. Get with it, Boomer. <laughs> Then they've had TLC. TLC. I'm actually, at this point, I'm more interested in who their next musical act is and who their next golfer that they're signing. Yeah. TLC. Where is it? Bangkok this week? Mm-hmm. I can see you wanting to sign up Megadeth or Extreme or something like that. Yeah. Go 80s with it, get a bit of glam rock. Yeah, Pat po- Perez has the hair for it. So. Poison. Yeah. Poison, yeah. yeah. Nothing but a good time, because that's what Liv's all about. Well, yeah. Don't blink, etc. Did you? I can't possibly. What? Don't blink. That's their big catchphrase. Live. Mm, Sorry, blink, I thought you were talking about poison there. That'd be a good poison song as well, to be fair. Don't blink. Move on very quickly. Mm. Podder of Merit. That's far more relevant. Last week. I hate this segment. Last week, Alfred Dunhill Links Championship. Bryce. Oh, lo and behold, you chose Rory. Oh, Bryce chose a good player to get some results. Shock horror. <laughs> As man wants to win. <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> Rory did actually quite well. Of course he did quite well. He's Rory McElroy. Oh, now you're a believer again. Okay, great. Rory finished in the tie for fourth. Of course he did. I picked Matt Fitzpatrick, who I figured was probably most likely to challenge Rory, who I wanted for the second week in a row, but didn't get um, Matt Fitzpatrick finished in a tie for 22nd playing alongside his mum that is proof that nothing good comes from playing golf with your mum just don't Rory played with his dad yeah have you ever played golf with your mum no my, my, my dad tried to get my mum into golf about 10 years ago and uh, I think something like she played the first at the Islander horse at Islander course um, at Hilton at Park, Hilton Park mm-hmm. and I think she'd she did it in something like 27. I thought, you just, was it 27 or 21? I can't remember. It might have been 21, but I think you'd be there for one all, hole. Mm-hmm. You'd be there all day. I think my, my dad was just saying, well, we're both retired. I might as well see if we can take up golf. And a lot of those guys, a lot of guys that age don't want their wives to take up golf because they just want to go up with their pals and sit and talk crap and drink whiskey. But I know that's terrible, by the way. But, my dad was quite happy to get my mum play golf, but it just didn't happen. I think she's just. I think she maybe played two or three times and then decided it wasn't for her. So I've done the sums there. An average of twenty-one shots per hole. That's uh, around of three hundred and seventy-eight. 
Yeah. So yes, when you say you'd be there all day, you genuinely run. You're it, correct. You'd run out of squares on the scorecard. I played with my mother-in-law. Have you? Well, I've told that story before in oh, Portugal. Oh yeah, horrendous. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's not an experience. It's to be. Bill Fitzpatrick's mum, evidently a, a good golfer. She's a good golfer. Yep, uh, but it didn't rub off on Matt to the extent I needed it to last week. So, Bryce, congratulations. You get another point. As it stands, Bryce, five, Michael, seven. And is that four in a row? Five in a row. I think, five four, in a row. I think it's four in a four row. Four in a row, yeah. Yeah, in your face. So this week, Live Golf Bangkok. The honour remains yours. And this is for the individual event, by the way, not the, the team event. Who are you picking? I, I, actually, I'm tempted to say, are you on the wind-up that I was... I couldn't even name a team on oh, the Majestics. Who's in the Majestics? Westwood, Coulter, Stenson and Sam Horsfield. I would be lying if I was um, fully aware of the form, but there isn't really an order of merit that I can find anyway. Do you want me to give you... In fact, no, you do your own research. I was going to give you the top 10 from the last event, but I don't care. I think Joaquin Neiman's been playing quite well in it. A little bit of form. Rounds of 71, 69 and 68 in Chicago. Yes. I, uh, I'm i going to stick with him. I'm going with Joaquin Neiman. Why? Because there's no form guide for Liv because it's absolutely bonkers. And I will prove that point by plucking him out of thin air. And that's it. That's what we're doing. That's it. Because the thing that, this is one of the things that Liv's going to need to get right. Stats. Stats. It has none. Yep. It's going to need to get that. Not a lot going on. Because they've got the, their big stat was the first birdie of Live Golf. <laughs> on hole two. In the history. In the history, history of, of Live Golf. Uh, within five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly over the top. I just, I'm going to watch it this weekend for a couple of reasons. One, I want to see how it looks outside of America. This is only the second event outside the States. The last four have been. Portland, Bedminster, Boston, Chicago. I want to see how it looks in Asia. And listen to the crowds. Listen to the crowds. See the crowds. How many are going to turn up? Yeah. And I want to I I want to give the commentary a fair chance because of course it started off rah rah pom poms. This is the greatest thing since Jesus walked the earth. I want to believe that that's going to tone down a bit and they're just going to get into good commentary informative, entertaining commentary. I think they'll get good crowds. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I think they will. Well, if you're listening right now in Bangkok, and why wouldn't you be, use Westwood 25 and you'll receive a discount on your ticket. <laughs> that's terrible. It's true. I love that banter. It's true, though. That's that's It's there. They're doing yeah. it. Who have you picked? Cam Smith. What would you like about Cam Smith? He's the Open champion. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know all that because you know the history of him and so on. Yeah, well, well, uh, well. <laughs> Look, he, he won the last event in Chicago, 66, 68, 69. It, the, the switch to live hasn't hampered him, yeah, evidently. He's, he's I, blended in seamlessly. He's also noticeably not taken part in any of the aggressive belligerence that hmm. some other players, notably Coulter and Westwood, have been partaking yeah, in. Neiman hits at miles, doesn't he? He hits at miles. But yeah, those two guys have just gone there and they're playing golf and they're playing good golf. Yeah. They're ignoring the noise and they're just getting on the business. Cam Smith's having an exceptional year off the back of a really good year last year. I have no reason to think he's not going to contend. The obvious other one would be Dustin Johnson because he's factored in every live event to this point. 
But actually, I'm now thinking, do I just go with Johnson because he might finish ahead of Nemo? No, I'll stick to my, my guns. Yes. Trust my gut. Cam Smith to finish ahead of Wacky Newman this week in Bangkok. And it's Bangkok. 7 5 in your favour? It is 7 5 in my favour. That that was 7 1 not all that long ago. That's correct. And the, you thought it was all over, didn't you? Well, yeah. Live event taking place this week at a brand new golf course in the Patum Tanai province of Thailand. Stonehill, it's called. It looks quite nice. And then. Next week, they're going straight to Jeddah, Royal Greens Golf and Country Club. We've seen it before, hosting the, the Saudi International. That is the last of the regular season events next week. And then, of course, at the end of the month, we have the season-ending team championship at the iconic, iconic Blue Monster course at Trump Doral in Miami. So a big few weeks coming up for Liv. What sort of momentum can they get going? It'll be interesting to see. Right, Mr. Ritchie, we're going to finish up with Honesty Box. Question this week, right up right up your street. What is the worst saying or cliche in golf? A game that is absolutely riddled with annoying cliches and just crap expressions. I think crap expressions, one that's, that Paul McGinley's very guilty of that I don't like is that kick in birdie. That needs to stop very quickly. That became a... That became a pandemic at times and, and golf commentary and everyone mm -hmm. was at it and I don't know how we stop it I don't know how we it became its own pandemic during COVID uh, didn't it? I don't know how we vaccinate that chat <laughs> nice need to stop it but not everyone will want the vaccine so no that's true but that that is just awful well you, if you want to be literal no one kicks a ball yeah terrible that's right up there what about drive for show putt for dough I like that, and to be honest, that might be going on the cover of the next <laughs> issue. <laughs> you really should know that. Because <laughs> we did a photo shoot with the players, yeah. Tonight, and yeah, that's going to be our next cover. So thanks for that, Michael. Yeah, okay. Uh, what about when someone says to you, you hit a good shot, and I'm like, oh, that's the one that will keep you coming back. Uh -huh. yeah, uh, no, it's, you don't want that one back. Why are these guys English? Don't know. Yeah, you'll not want that one back. Is that no? You can't get any of them back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Never up, never in. I hate no, that. there's some terrible there's some terrible phrases and that's why I just play golf in largely silence. Yes. It's also why I like playing golf alone. Playing partners saying just stupid stuff. Things like uh should never leave a birdie put short and so on. It's like, yeah, of course you shouldn't. Why are you tell me that? I know that. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't reach the hole, it's not got a chance and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Leave me alone. Let, con let me concentrate on my game. And the worst one is when someone says, Oh, yeah, you lifted your head there. No, I didn't. My uh, swing plane was slightly out uh, by about two and a half degrees. It's nothing to do with my head. Cliches, I suppose. Cliches and bad puns. I don't like, like some like get random press releases that a hotel's just opened up next to a golf course. And it's like there's a party on the front. Oh. You know, hotel tees up new restaurant and stuff. You're like, That's just shit me. It's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Except that one that we've talked about before with the curry house and the golf shop and, and the cl clubhouse and they had a, a was it hole in Nan? Hole in Nan. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. That was Absolutely little. brilliant. That was that's some of your bit was that your idea? That was mine, yeah. That was some of your best work. Thanks. That was um, That was about eighteen years 18 ago. Eighteen years ago, yeah. Take a look at this. Hole in Nan. That that was an exceptionally good headline. So yeah. That was in the back of Welsh Club Golfer. 
God rest its soul. And it was about, a, yeah, you're right. It was about a, a new Indian restaurant that had opened up within a golf club clubhouse in Wales. And I have to say, the curries that they made looked, yeah, looked absolutely amazing. brilliant. But yeah, the, the back page splash was, take a look at this. And then we had Hole and Nan on the inside. Yeah. Just punning the highest I've order. always said, that's why golf clubs should move forward. Get curry houses and clubhouses. I know, obviously, you need to start a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but when you go to, I don't know if he's still there, Sack Singh was involved at Mairn's Castle. Yeah, not, uh, yeah Mairn's Castle. And their curries were good. Pakora was phenomenal. Yeah, Haggis Pakora was special. Absolutely good. amazing. What about other bad headlines we've had in the magazine over the years? Any that spring to mind? <laughs> I know what you're doing, and you're a bad person. Well, I'm wanting to go to maybe the, the front cover mistake that we made, which was... Uh, excuse me. What? Are you talking about the Frenchman? Yep. That has nothing to do with me. Didn't I was on my was. honeymoon. Didn't say it was... You weren't on your honeymoon. Yes, I was. You weren't editor. Oh no, I was in holiday. I know that. So back down. Oh no, I was in holiday. That's right, I was in holiday. Look look how antsy you got just at the mere mention of that. Look, I mean, was it my fault? I didn't say it was Jesus. Gregory Havre won. Was it twice in Scotland? So we decided to adopt him as a Scot, and then called him Gregory Harvet on the cover. That was awkward. But I bought the. We go to for people that don't. We go to. We go. We go to a, a lovely sandwich shop around the corner from our office mm-hmm. called Paul's Dairy and they sell the digger and I bought the digger you did yeah and there's a typo in their headline in the front of the digger built instead of blitz it says built something about a ballroom blitz and it's blitz yeah blitz and you think oh my god so easy done though I mean that's yeah. the thing that when you get when you look at something for too long you're up against the clock and all that sort of stuff things slip through the net my, my favourite one that we ever did this is when we had English Club Golfer like Welsh club golfer, R.I.P. R.I.P. as G-Mac would say. R.I.P. <laughs> Do you remember G-Mac. that? But he was driving up um, Magnolia Lane going to the Masters and he did this corny video about... Who was that R.I.P. for? David Bowie. So he turned David the camera Bowie, and was like, yeah, right. Morning Fox, here we go. Augusta National first round of Masters playing some David Bowie to get in the mood. Uh, R.I.P. Just what the hell are you doing, you lunatic? <laughs> it's the first round of the Masters. Focus! R.I.P. So anyway, anyway, his Masters record's horrendous. He's got one yeah. of the worst records of any player in the history at the Masters. He, he does. So anyway, R.I.P. English club golfer. And the, one of the ones that stands out is that on our back page one time, but you remember it was like a big a 3 Yeah, glossy publication. <clears throat> but newspaper very much in style. And so we had a massive back page splash with a big picture. And there's this boy sitting next to the, was it the English Amateur Trophy or Brabazon Trophy, one of the big ones. And the headline said, Chris, no longer an unknown. Which is fine. Except his name was Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Adcock, I believe. Brilliant. So we've had some, I've had some beauties down the years. Yeah, I made a typo in my welcome letter. Last, not latest issue, the one before that. And dogs abuse. Really? Dogs abuse. Text me, what's this? <laughs> I remember when I was writing one of the many hundreds of times I was writing about Turnbury. Obviously, autopilot kicked in. I was like, oh, that's good. that's good the readers know that. <laughs> this was written in autopilot. It was like Lighthouse. And it wasn't meant to be a big expansion. Yeah, Sun. All that stuff. All the usual bits Iconic and pieces. match. And I said, you've got fantastic views of Ailsa Craig. And oh, that's right. Across <laughs> the Firth of Forth, which is... The other side of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firth of Forth East. I think the one I was looking for was Firth of Clyde. But yeah. again, that slipped through the net. We all make so. mistakes, Michael. We do. Like Bryson. 
Yes. Bryson's made mistakes. Liv has made mistakes. And you listening to this, you've made mistakes. <laughs> so stop sending us abusive letters. Yeah, and the, the letters pages in the magazine are taking another kick this issue. Oh, really? We've got to print in a couple of weeks, yeah. So give us, give us a sneak preview. What well, there's, a, there's anger again. About? To me. What have you done now? Uh, I just my opinions and dress codes and so on. <laughs> Mind you, I got a, a message the other day saying, we were talking about, I, I think in my, one of my replies, I said, you know, the day where we're, we're seeing, one guy said, you know, we can't let dress codes fall because people just start running about in golf courses and topless and playing with no shoes on. And I thought, look, mate, <laughs> I've never seen anyone play golf topless. No. <laughs> Let's just calm down here, okay? A guy messaged me yesterday saying, actually, during a pandemic, I saw quite a few guys playing at some council course in Glasgow just bucking about topless. I thought, oh, bollocks. But also good on them. At least they were playing golf. Exactly. They probably didn't pay to play. But, but they're playing. They're growing the game. I'd rather people played topless than not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But there does come a point where we need to start wearing some clothes. But whatever the clothes they happen to be is fine with me. If they're shorts, they're shorts. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. We really need to go into dress codes, I think, in a big, big way on a future podcast because clearly there are, well, there are some strong feelings about it, it would appear. So maybe we'll discuss that another time. Bryce, you are not with us next week. You're going on your holly bags. I'm going on holiday to Portugal. Playing any golf? Yes. Where are you playing? I am playing... Hmm. I'm playing Valdelobo. Excellent. I am playing Quinta South. Very nice. And I am playing the... <coughs> excuse me, the Victoria course. Don Pedro Victoria, where the Portuguese Masters is going to be in a few weeks. Phenomenal golf course. So, so three rounds of golf and at some point you'll fit in time for the family. Yeah. yeah. I think they're going as well. And uh, I'll no doubt hit the range... And I might actually play, I might go out and play nine holes at night because I think at Quinta you can jump out and play nine holes in twilight and it's lovely. Sure, Mrs. Rich will be delighted to hear about your plans. Yeah. It's, she has nothing to say about it though. It's the price she has to pay for marrying you. That's right. It's, yeah. you know, I, I'm working. <laughs> There's the holiday on expenses, I. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> well, look, have a great time. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm going to try and do a pod next week with a very special guest. Really? Somebody who, you know. Another special. Another special guest. Yeah, yeah. person. That, that's the plan. Have you tied that person down yet? No. You don't have anyone, do you? Not lined up right now, but. No. I'll come good. Always do. Will you? That's my plan. So have a great holiday. Thank you very much for your time just now. And thank you to you for listening and to Callaway as ever for their continued support. If there's anything you want to say about any of the stuff we've discussed in this week's episode, just slide into our DMs. Contrary to what we say, we actually do like hearing from you. Even the guy who left us a three-star review on Apple last week calling us Scottish piss takers, which is going right on my tombstone. Scottish piss takers? Yeah. I like that. But that's quite good. So why is he giving us three stars? Can't decide. I think... Hunt him down as well. I mean, it was somewhat racist to point out that we're Scottish. I mean, that that feels like it's being used against us. But hey, I don't care. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. Thank you. More of the same. If you want to leave us a review, do go ahead. By all means, spread the word. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye for now.